Hello and welcome to the Treasures Within podcast. I'm your host, Georgia G, multi-passionate success coach and healer for purpose-driven female entrepreneurs. If you're ready to get out of your own way so you can build a wildly profitable business from your passions, this show is for you. Tune in every Tuesday for inspiring interviews and mindset tools to heal self-sabotage so you can double your income, reach those big business goals that have eluded you up until now, and create a life of freedom and abundance on your own terms. My guest today is Courtney Cox, a licensed esthetician who has been running her own business for the past nine years. Courtney knows the importance of niching down, and even though she offers waxing and spray tents and lash tinting, her biggest passion and what she's truly known for is lash lifts. Courtney loves to make her clients look and feel their best, and she also has another passion. After years of experience, she wanted to give something back to the beauty industry and so the educator in her decided to realize a long-held dream of creating an educational community brilliance advanced beauty education this community offers courses for beauty and wellness professionals to help truly master and improve their crafts so they can create thriving businesses in our conversation today Corny talks about what it really took to create a thriving business herself, the mindset shift she had to make, including why collaboration tops competition every time and it's the secret to creating a successful business, how to find your own niche and pivot when you feel called to do something else without losing your clients, how to set boundaries, and so much more. Let's dive in. Welcome, Corny. I'm so thrilled to have you here, and I can't wait for you to share your story and your wisdom with us. So can we start there? Can you share with us more about who you are, what you do, and how you came to do this work? Sure. Thank you so much for having me again. I am really excited to connect more with you and your audience and your community. I'm Courtney Cox and I am an esthetician for over 22 years. I have worked in other businesses and doing bookkeeping and other things like that. I've been a general manager for a global lash brand for the United States and done all kinds of different things. But I also have a company that I started last year. We provide advanced continuing education for beauty and wellness professionals. I have always had a passion for loving on people and just trying to help them grow and making the world a better place. I've taken some turns. Sometimes entrepreneurship can be hard. And I have sometimes tried to take, I don't want to say the easy path, but thought, well, maybe I should just do a nine to five. And then that just never really worked for me. So I ended up going with my dream and sticking with seeing clients and creating this company. Thank you for sharing that. I can so relate to that. Entrepreneurship, once you get started, you really can't go back. It is a challenging path. Other people think, oh, I'm going to start a business, so these clients are magically going to come in. But I noticed that you are only as successful 
as your mindset is, the more limiting beliefs and fears you have, the harder it actually is to succeed. And so I'm curious to know when you started your business, were there any fears or limiting beliefs that were holding you back? Tons of them, of course. Sometimes they will still peek in and just kind of, you'll have moments of doubt, but it's one of those things you just have to work through and just keep reminding yourself that and believing in yourself and what you're doing. Occasionally those fears don't ever, I don't think they ever totally go away, but of course I had, since I'm a service provider, fear that people wouldn't come to me or they wouldn't like me or fear that I wouldn't, like I'd mess up and something bad might happen or fear that I wouldn't make enough money. And also with my newer business, fear, are they going to enjoy those classes? Are they going to find them beneficial? Because part of the reason that I created that company is because I found a lack for that. We also work with different states because some of the beauty and wellness professionals in the United States, for example, like any beauty or wellness professional can take these courses, but some of the ones in the United States that we work with have to do so many continuing education hours to keep their beauty license intact. And so will the states understand what I'm trying to do? Will they approve me? All these things. I have learned slowly and also with service provider, for example, you know, I am a very type A kind of personality where I like structure and I like to know what my schedule is going to be like. And people cancel, things come up, but you have a sick kid or a uh, appointment got held up and you were not able to make it now, or, or you have someone the opposite trying to sneak in and you're trying to accommodate them. Right. So I had to let go of like what that might look like. And whenever someone might cancel, I used to worry, what if I don't, what if I don't make enough money this month? And I came to realize that it all just balances out. So sometimes this might, might not be ideal, but sometimes you might have a slow week or two, and then you think you're failing. And then you might have two amazing, busy, busy, busy weeks. And then at the end of the month, it's like you worked, you know, steady the whole time. So I really come from a place personally of, I believe in community over competition. I believe there's more than enough abundance and love to go around and you get what you put out there. And so I just feel like being a part of even just being, I have friends that I'm competitor, I'm, I'm friends with some of my competitors and no, you don't have to give them all your secrets per se, but I think that there's enough space for everyone to succeed. So, but yes, the mindset stuff is some definite work. And I know that you work with people on that and it is, it gets easier for sure. And you eventually, in my opinion, you may struggle with it longer if you're not doing the work to work through that stuff. You develop your toolbox of how to deal with those doubts and those fears. And, and you realize that a lot of them aren't even valid. You tell yourself, I can't make that kind of money or no one's going to like me. And like, where is that coming from? It's not real. That was a little long-winded, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great and there's so much to unpack I was thinking of so many questions to ask you but the first that comes to mind you mentioned developing this toolbox this mindset toolbox and so well I guess it's a, it's two questions really but did you start doing the mindset work immediately when you started your business or is it something that came later and 
what or anything that you've done was most useful so what is in your toolbox oh i would say i did not do it from the beginning uh, and i've learned the hard way i guess i'm just a little bit independent and a, a rebel in regards that I knew that I wanted to be self-employed. And it can be a very lonely space if you don't have connections either with a community or a coach or whatever that is for you or a group. I think for me, part of it is I have read a lot of books. I have listened to podcasts. I've joined different community groups and found, first of all, that I'm not alone, that these feelings aren't they're not just mine. Everybody has them. Everybody has worries and doubts. And just really doing inner work, I guess, would be listening to different groups and coaches and things like that has really helped me, I guess, just realize that most of what I'm worried about, was worried about, isn't real. And for example, the coach that I'm working with now, she has a really good knack of saying, well, then what, then what? So it's like, well, what if my business doesn't do well? Like, what is the absolute worst thing that would happen, right? Well, you might lose everything, but which would not be great, but you have all these skills and everything that you could utilize to do something else. And your experience of going through these things will help you move that whole process along faster. And so you might go work for someone again, which is okay. Entrepreneurship is not for everyone. You have more skills. And for me, whenever I have something happen to me, a lot of it for me has just been my tools, I guess, has just been knowledge to change my mindset. And I'd be kidding myself if I would say that I'm never having doubts or I would never get frustrated. But if one thing happens and it's not how I wanted to, it's, I have, I'll have my moment of like my little disappointment or anger or sadness, but then I sit back and say, okay, shake that off. What did you learn from this? Because if it's not a win, then it should be a learn, right? I mean, I that. Yeah, right. Thank you. I didn't make it up, but it's true. There's always something to be learned and we're allowed to feel our feelings about all that, but then take a moment and say, okay, well, this was a lesson. What am I taking away from this? So I don't do it again, or maybe, maybe I'm going about this wrong and I need to pivot and adjust and that's okay too. Sometimes we think we know whatever our clientele wants or whatever, but maybe it just needs a minor adjustment and it will be smoother or more successful for everyone. Thank you for sharing your tips and your tools with us. Oh. And I completely understand when something doesn't work out the way you planned, it just feels it feels best. So you need to let those feelings out. But if you stay focused there, there is no learning. Yeah. I always believe that everything happens for you. If you're and everything is leading you to where you need to go, but as long as you are focused on, on feeling like like a failure, on disappointment, or shame, it, you stay stuck. And I also resonate with you when you said that you didn't do this work from the beginning. I, for me, at the beginning, I was so focused on getting clients and getting money in that I just wanted the strategy. And only later I realized that oh, there is this ceiling that I keep hitting, and that's when the massive work came in. So I'm wondering if there was a particular moment or event when you realized now it's time for the massive work. And if so, what was that moment? Honestly, for me, it probably would have been more so. So I tended to my, my 
practice of seeing clients, I had done it in the evenings after my day job. And really all I was doing was working all the time. And I was so afraid if I quit my day job, I'm married, I have support, we are fine, you know, but I have this financial mindset or I did that like, what if, what if I don't make enough money? I had established my clients to make good money in the few hours that I was giving them. But ultimately I was working nine to five and then like six to nine. And then on Saturdays every day, and it's just a lot. And I got to the point that I had to make a decision because one, my body wasn't going to allow me to keep working like that. And what is the point of working like that? And two, I think it was affecting all of my relationships with my husband, with my family, on and on. So I had to kind of start working through those big fears of like, what if I fail? And what if, but realistically, I had already proven kind of like you're saying that you had some clients. It's just, I had to let go of my fears so I could leave my day job and expand because I was at a ceiling point. I physically had no extra time to give. And so I couldn't grow my business if I didn't let go of that. Yeah, that is always something to let go of. If you want to go to the next level, that is always something that you need to leave behind. You mentioned a few times now the power of community and collaboration over competition, which is what I believe as well. So I was wondering if you have, if you've always had that mindset and if you have any tips for new aspiring entrepreneurs on how they can start building those connections, because people are scared to connect with someone that works in the same niche or in the same field. Do you have any advice about that? I guess I would say a couple things. As an esthetician, I see clients. And the reality is when I opened my first business, I was on this very adorable street that had all these boutique shops and restaurants and things like that. And I had seven direct com competitors on my street. And there was only maybe 30,000 people in this town, maybe not even. Some of my neighbors were very, not neighbors, but my competitors, I guess, and their neighbors, if they're on the same street, they felt threatened and they would feel, I guess they just didn't have the same opinion about <laughs> collaborating as I did or community, just kind of helping each other out. But I felt, how many people could I possibly serve? in one month, even in one week, I mean, maybe a hundred in a month. And the reality is how many people like, so the city has 30,000 people and that's just that city. So there is just enough love to go around. And I think I was born that way. I am not a competitive person. I played sports as a kid and stuff like that, but I am not competitive really at all. I don't really do well necessarily with people like that. I think it brings out a, a weirdness in me that is just kind of icky. So I usually don't try to associate myself with them. But the other token of that I would like to say is think about a grocery store, for example, or any kind of store, right? Whether it's a clothing store. Okay. So say you really like the clothes at this place and you really like the clothes at this place. Store A, the lady's kind of mean and nasty, right? But store B, the lady's friendly and you get to know her and she remembers 
your name or like what your favorite color is or whatever, who do you think you're going to shop from, right? And I'm not saying you don't have to be nice, but my point is, is that some people might prefer Lady A at store A, where some people will prefer store B. And so people are, I mean, sometimes there is a difference between prices or whatever value or whatever, but really they're, they're buying you. They're buying what you're offering and just being genuine to yourself. And I think personally having a niche sometimes is really amazing because you can really focus on what you're doing. And then it makes it that much easier to collaborate with people that are not doing what you're doing and you can help each other. I just feel strongly that there is enough for everyone and I don't have to play dirty or nasty. And, and I think by helping each other, it just is such more peaceful. And I think clients, for example, in my situation, pick up on that. And interestingly enough, there has been times where one of my competitors had to have back surgery and she asked me to cover her clientele for a couple months. And I said, absolutely. And I made it very comfortable and clear to her clients that, Hey, I'm just helping her out. You don't owe me anything. I don't expect you to become my lifelong client. You never know what life throws you. It could be a maternity leave. It could be just like a personal situation, or maybe you just want to take an extended break, but you want someone to attend to your people and having a really good relationship with someone that you think that you trust and know that isn't going to just take your clients is a beautiful thing. And sure, do some kind of go one way or another. Sure. These people are going to, once they experience someone else, maybe they prefer her over me and that's okay too. I've had clients in the past that did not mesh well with me. You just can tell personality wise that we are not a great fit and they don't usually come back and I'm not really sad about it, you know, because it just feels like you are kind of trying to force magnets that are the wrong way. I just think you want your clients that, that speak to you, that engage with you, that, that they get value from you. You don't want it to be a difficult things. So having collaborations with other people that that's like, okay, great. This client isn't really good for me, but I have the perfect person to send you to. So if you have those relationships, that's a really good, a good thing to think about, but, and just knowing that there's enough, there's enough, you will find your people and they will connect with you better. That is so true. And thank you for sharing those beautiful stories. I think when you're in scarcity, you just think, I need that client. I need to get as many clients, as much money as I can, whatever means necessary. But then if something goes wrong, if you don't have those connections, we think it's all about the money. But when you are in trouble, it's really the connections that are going to save the day and, and support you. So thank you for sharing that. And you also mentioned about a niche. I know that a lot of... Georgia here. I want to take a quick moment to tell you something. A few years ago, I was stuck in what I call strategy hell. I was literally doing everything to grow my business. I was on all the social media platforms, doing webinars, going to networking events, writing blog posts, sending out newsletters, you name it, I did it. And my business was growing 
at the snail space. It was so frustrating because I couldn't have worked any harder. I was already overwhelmed and burned out. Do you ever feel like that? It wasn't until a random encounter with a coach that I realized being in strategy hell is a form of sabotage. You think you're doing everything to grow your business. In reality, you're stuck in busy work because you're afraid of what might happen if you went all in or reached your goals. In my case, I had a massive fear that if I became more successful than my family, my friends and my partner, they wouldn't love me anymore and they leave me. This fear was buried so deep in my subconscious that I wasn't aware of it until I had a powerful session with my coach. And yet the fear was running my business and making sure I'd never reached my goal. It was only once I healed the fear that I was able to double my income in a few short months and my loved one didn't leave me. If you too are working hard, trying all these strategies to go to the next level in your business, you don't need one more strategy. You already have all the strategies you need. If nothing is working, it's because there's a limiting belief that's sabotaging all your efforts. Maybe like me, you're afraid that if you are too successful, you won't fit in with your friends and family anymore and you lose them. Maybe you don't think you are good enough at what you do and they're afraid that if you put yourself out there in a big way, you'll be exposed as a fraud. Or maybe deep down, you don't believe you're worthy of money and success. Whatever it is, trying to grow a business with these limiting beliefs running in your subconscious, it's like driving a car with a brake on. No matter how hard you try, you are going to stay stuck where you are. If you want to go to the next level in your business and reach those big income and business goals that have eluded you up until now, you must first heal all those limiting beliefs and all stories that are sabotaging you. Once those self-imposed limitations melt away, you'll be able to step out of strategy hell and confidently take action towards your goals. Those tasks that used to feel hard or scary, like going live on Instagram, doing sales calls, or being a regular guest on podcasts, will now feel easy and fun and you'll be able to reach your goals with ease. If you know, deep down, that healing those limiting beliefs and all stories is the missing piece in getting the results and money you want in your business and you are ready to drop the hustle and step into your six figures mindset, I invite you to book a discovery call with me. On the call, you get coaching on the number one limiting belief, the sabotaging your success and keeping you from reaching your next income level. And if we both feel it's a fit, you'll discover how we can work together to heal the limiting beliefs that are sabotaging you so you can finally build a wildly profitable business from your passions and enjoy financial location and time freedom. Remember, the world needs all of your treasures. It's your time to get out of your own way so you can do the work you are meant to do in the world and live a life of freedom on your own terms. 
this one-on-one course are limited. So if you are ready to finally make your vision board become your reality, click on the link in the show notes and book in today. Listeners are creatives and they have multiple ideas and they're really uncomfortable with the idea of niching down, thinking that if they do, they're going to be stuck there forever. They can only talk about one thing for the rest of their lives. So I would like to hear what your take is about niching down and how to do it in a way that you support your clients, but you also do what feels right for you. Yeah, that is, I've had a niche for a while in my private practice with my clients. And I think it depends what your business is, I suppose. But I just feel like if you, for instance, if you go to a restaurant and their menu is like 45 pages long because they serve you everything, like lasagna and stir fry and sushi, and you just get overwhelmed. But And they must have to have the supplies and the knowledge to, and the equipment to deal with all of those things where if you find what is true to you, what you enjoy the most, what you connect with people the most and what feels natural, you can become the master or the specialist. So if you have something going on with your ear, for instance, and you go to your regular doctor, they know like this much information, but if you need to go to an ear specialist, just as an example, then you would go to a specialist, right? So um, that's just kind of an example, but I feel that by having that, you become the go-to and they know that you are excellent at what you do. And then when you're taking more training or you need more equipment or supplies, you are just doing that one thing. I personally haven't got bored with it. And I'm really someone who does get bored with things. It is easy to see all the, especially my industry, all the shiny objects that come by. I really feel that your clients know that you're excellent at that. And they're going to send everybody to you and it's less overwhelmed for them. It's less overwhelmed for you to keep up with all the things. And I think it also makes it easier for collaborations then too, because if you're talking about a counselor, for example, well, you specialize with children and maybe they specialize with the elderly community or whatever, or domestic violence or whatever it may be. And then they know that. And that doesn't mean that you can't ever pivot and change or expand a little bit. But I think having the option, they clients get confused about what's community will get kind of confused if you have so many things that you offer that's a good point and did you knew from the beginning what your niche was did you have to find your niche define you how did that go (laughs) yeah so i worked in the field probably about a decade before i determined that i really preferred certain services and they made sense for me and i felt like I, i felt like it was more natural for me when I went on my own, when I started my own business, I did have a niche. Now I had at the time offered, like, for instance, I offered body wax or waxing of all, all kinds. And I offered lash and brow tinting and I offered spray tan, but here's a perfect example. At the time, there wasn't a lot of people that did spray tanning and I really was good at it and enjoyed it. 
And unfortunately, there weren't very many options for people at the time. And a few years in, I really was not enjoying it anymore. Just that part of it, the spray tan. And I learned a new service just because it was something that was intriguing to me. And I decided at that point, spray tanning had kind of grown. So I went and found some people that I could trust that would, you know, was similar price point, made them feel comfortable. I went and received the services from them to make sure that I thought it was a good fit. And I just cut it off on January 1st one year and said, this is who you can go to. I don't want to do this anymore. And everybody respected that. There were a couple little disappointed people, but you know what, as long as I gave them a resource, a trusted resource to go to, it's okay. And then that newer service that I was slightly intrigued was lash lifting. And that helped me above and beyond take over that that space. It's okay if you end up pivoting or tweaking a little bit what you're doing, but I definitely did not know from the beginning what I like to do. I like to do facials, but I just wasn't as passionate about it. And there's so many different things. Our industry is never ending with new technologies and options. It is an exciting place to be. And at first, I think it's so normal to just want to experiment. Yeah. And and, and sometimes the thing that you like, it can be the first step, the foot in the door that actually leads to the thing that you're really meant to do and you mentioned about pivoting so do you have any tips or advice for people that know that they have outgrown the current niche you want to do something else so maybe just offer that extra service maybe stay in the industry but just pivot just a little bit if you feel like you're outgrowing it sometimes just taking a little break from it if you can just to make sure you're not just kind of burnt out Or maybe even taking a class on it again to see if, I don't know for you, but for myself, whenever I go take a class, whether it's online, virtual, or in person, it kind of reignites my flame of whatever's going on, right? So I think even sometimes doing something like that can be very helpful just to make sure that you really truly are, I'm done with this. And if you are, then you just, I think finding a resource for your people is a good thing. And I guess maybe just trying to figure out what you want to do instead just takes, in my opinion, some quiet time to yourself to really explore what it is your goal is. Where are you wanting to go? What are you wanting to align with? What makes sense for you? Sometimes it's okay to try something and realize that that's not what you wanted either. We're evolving and you just kind of give yourself some grace. If you're really not enjoying something anymore, it's important to let it go because I don't think my clients were quite figuring it out with the spray tan yet, but they're not, they pick up the vibe, I think. So being true to yourself because you're really not providing them a service if you're feeling from or giving from an empty cup. So it's just doing the inner work to try to figure out what might be a good, good avenue for you, but really kind of evaluating and maybe going and talking to someone in that industry and like asking the ins and outs of it. Like, what do you like? What don't you like? What, you know, all the, all the questions you might have be the devil's advocate and try to think ahead. Like what would, what would be a deal breaker for you? And, and make sure that for the most part, at least where you are at that moment, that that would be a good, a good change. From this entire conversation, I'm sensing a theme of abundance mindset 
both when we talk about collaboration or competition, pivoting, or in the because the fear there is I won't get clients, right? If I change, I won't get clients. And you are saying actually no. So you have a very strong abundance mindset. Is that always been the case? Or did you do anything in particular to cultivate it? It's definitely not always been the case. I just think it's been years of practice, years of knowing there's a place for you. And like I said, with the books and the podcasts and and just doing the work with coaches and in groups and just a lot of quiet time with yourself, which is hard to do. A lot of people don't want to deal with that because it's hard work and it's hard to be honest with yourself. And it's hard to maybe, I don't want to say push blame on your parents or whatever, but like the reality is there's imprints in our life from our childhood and it might not have been your parents. And they're all, in most cases, everybody's doing the best they can. Right. And I had a good childhood, but did I come out without any imprints that affect me? No way. I have tons of them. So, um, and, and so working through that and just, I feel like when you start that path, you can kind of, as long as you want to stay on it and of doing the work to kind of unravel yourself, it can be very rewarding. And you can see that it'll be okay. And even if you hit the bottom, you can get back up and you can make a good life for yourself still. And you still could be happy and make money. You you have skills and you have things to give to the world. So yeah, no, it did not. It was not natural, <laughs> but you just got to keep doing the work and little by little, I feel like it's kind of a thing where the more you do the work consistently, it starts to gain momentum. And then you start to really feel like, okay, this is good. And those feelings of doubt and worry and fear become less and less. And then you know how to deal with them too. You could say, oh, where's this coming from? I know better. This isn't even true. You know? That is so true. I feel like, of course, there is no zero success. But if there were one, I would say it's the consistency doing things every single day that you know are going to take you to where you want to be even though they are uncomfortable in the moment (laughs) so do you have any advice on how to stay consistent especially as you said at the beginning that there was a time when you were doing multiple things you were building your business on the side and really working so very hard that it can be tricky to, to, to keep the consistency when you are close to burnout so do you have any tips now people can be consistent just showing up and even when it's hard just keep showing up and if you're trying to gain clients and things like that I think really getting out in your community and it doesn't have to be necessarily your exact group of people I'm getting out into maybe a business entrepreneurship group like in the United States we have chambers or trying to think of the business networking group or you could even maybe join like a sport that's by you or an art club or something and just sometimes being your genuine self but still telling people what you do for a living and and what you're passionate about may end up bringing you an entirely different clientele that you didn't even think you weren't necessarily expecting to get out of joining that club or whatever. So I think really just getting out there and telling people what you do all the time, you never know who you're talking to. And 
I also think having a referral system is a really good thing. If your clients enjoy you and enjoy what how you help them, whatever that is for your customers or clients, they want you to be successful and they want to share that that can really help you expand your business and your clientele. And then hopefully you're getting similar, especially if you like that client and you're getting hopefully people similar to them that connect well with you and and would need what you offer. That's great advice. I also want to go back to something that you said when we were talking about just make sure that you are not just burned out. I relate to this. I also have, like for years, I was a skincare coach. And during the pandemic, I decided to put that on the side and go all in with my current business. And Lately, I've been feeling this desire to do a lot more with my skincare business as well. And I realized that at the time, as much as I enjoyed it, I was feeling really burned out, mostly about not having boundaries with clients, especially today with social media. It's so easy to think you need to be available 24-7. Some people may not realize that you're in a different time zone. We are so used to having these quick replies that you really feel like you have to oblige to every request if you want your business to stay afloat when you're in a scarcity mindset. So do you have any advice for people that are struggling to set boundaries in their business? Um, That is something I definitely struggled with as well. I, I think as service providers, especially, it is we're people pleasers. We want to help people feel better. And a lot of times that is at the cost of ourselves. This is something that in the same mindset process, I've done a lot of work with on myself as well. So I think if you can kind of mold your clients to, or customers, once you develop, I think sitting down and understanding what boundaries you want. What is not okay? What is, what are you doing too much of? What are you doing too little of? Things like that. What's important to you. And I also think by also having maybe a mission statement, I think for your business is helpful because this can help you kind of revert back knowing your why, what you're about, because then you can, every time you make a decision, if it seems like you're unsure, check back with that because is that aligning with what you're wanting to do? Is that aligning with your goals and and what you have envisioned? For example, let's say you have a skincare company and you say it's natural and vegan, but then you see this really cool thing over here that's very chemical based, but it seems really cool, but then it goes totally against everything you have. So it's just an example as a way to kind of keep yourself in line. But I think the more that you, once you develop what you want to do with your customers or clients and just start implementing them and just start, there's a way to be kind about it, but implementing them and sticking to it. It's not always easy. There can be an occasional flex there that you can sometimes have some flexibility, but the more that you are consistent and stick with it, the more they will respect it. And the reality is, 
it's, this is a hard statement to say, but basically we, the boundaries broken are what we allow. And, And the people that get mad about it are the ones that are breaking our boundaries and don't respect us. People, they might get a little upset about it, but they have to understand and, or they have to find the right person for them. You know, and that is, unfortunately, you may lose a couple people that don't respect your boundaries, but if they don't respect your boundaries and that means they don't respect you. And is that who you really want to work with? Probably not that in the long run, there's also kind of an an interesting statistic, the 80, 20 rule, and this applies in many different ways, but some of your most demanding clients will take up 80% of your time, but only give you 20% of your income. So you want to make sure you don't have a lot of those or you'll be exhausted, you know? So it's okay sometimes if you lose a big client that is just taking up all your energy and all your resources, because quite honestly, sometimes it's not worth it. And I've had, I've experienced that where I've let a client go that was just that way. And I've spoke with other professionals like that in other industries and it's a big, scary thing to do, but you feel so great afterwards because you're no longer burnt out and you have, you're able to grow your other clients and you have the space and the energy and the resources to do so. I couldn't agree more with that. And I experienced that myself years ago when I was doing freelance writing. I had this client, the majority of my income just working on this client, but their requests were so unreasonable. It made me like at 11 p.m. at night that I was like, I am so done. <laughs> <laughs> and I told my partner at the time, I am firing this client. I will take a hit financially next month. You have to cover the bills for me while I find new clients. And what happened? As soon as I fired them, I ended up making more money than before. And my partner didn't have to pitch in for me. Because like you said, I had that energy and excitement to grow other things. Yes. And they would have just kind of just killed you on it. It's a really big, scary thing. I'm glad you experienced that too. And that it ended up working how it should, you know, you now have all this extra space and you're not so tired and just burnt out. I've been loving talking to you. I think we have covered so many things in our time together, but is there anything that you would like to mention that I haven't asked you yet? Oh gosh, I'm just trying to think. I guess just a piece of advice was just to find your community and don't be afraid to be, I feel it's okay to be a little guarded on who you're speaking with, but find trustworthy people to talk with and learn from. And I feel we always have the ability to learn from each other. I am totally open to learning from my clients, from my students. And I feel everyone has something to share their knowledge and just take it and store it as a little piece of data, if you will. So thank Um, you so much again for having me. Thank you so much for being here. This has been incredible and I can't wait for people to listen. And one last question for anyone that wants to go deeper with you, they want to work with you, where can they find you? For my continuing education business, it's Brilliance Advanced Beauty Education. That's the website. It's a mouthful, Brilliance Advanced Beauty Education. On Facebook, we are Brilliance Advanced Beauty Education. On Instagram, we're Brilliance Advanced Beauty Ed. And then if you aren't in the beauty industry world and are interested in taking 
some of the courses I've created. I also work with a local group that's called Start Something Studio. And I believe the website startsomethingstudio.com. And I have created the same courses that I offer for the beauty industry world, but made them a little bit more um, entrepreneurship friendly to not just uh, the beauty industry. So, but yeah, I feel free to message me on there. I love to connect and I just like to help people and, you know, make them realize that they're not alone in these feelings and that there's space for everyone and we can help each other grow. We're going to put all the links in the show notes and encourage everyone to check them out and get in touch with you. And thank you again for being here. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Treasures Within podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, if you found even one small nugget here to help you get out of your own way and build a successful business, share this episode with a friend or two so they can benefit from it too. Please follow this show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a rating and a review. Believe it or not, every little action really does help to get the podcast found by other female entrepreneurs who need to hear this message too. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye for now.